2: Good morning, everybody. It's 1010 WTIC News Talk. 1080, this is the Will Roddy Show, your host, Will Morati, Matt Soyce, our master of ceremonies, and, of course, you are beloved audience. Looking for your calls today, 860-522-9842. Um, you know, there's always so much bad news going around. I, I, I like to once in a while <laughs> be able to interject some good news. And this is a story just happened. Pittsburgh. When Drew Maggie stepped in the batter's box in the eighth inning as a pinch hitter, uh, the fans at PNC Park knew they were about to watch something extraordinary. Maggie's a 33-year-old infielder who played over 1,100 games across 13 seasons in the minor leagues. He was about to take his first pitch in the major leagues Wednesday evening this last week. The crowd and his fellow players rewarded him with emotional standing ovation. The sight of his parents who were there to witness the son's big moment brought plenty of tears to the eyes of baseball fans who were looking for something very special to happen. It really didn't matter what happened next. Maggie made it to the show. More importantly, he earned a place through perseverance, hard work, and faith. He pulled his first pitch foul Got jammed up on a second and 0-2 count, followed off another pitch, then struck out swinging. He said later it was the best strikeout he'd ever had. (laughs) Told reporters that couldn't explain how he was feeling in the box. Then Didn't even know what to do. Guys were cheering me on. He added it through his 12-year, 10-month journey up in the minor leagues all this time. Obviously, it was special, but the crowd cheering his name, having his parents there, his family, that's what made a difference. I'm not going to read all of it, but the article goes on to say there's a restorative power in that moment with Maggie, and it's called hope. That's something we need in our daily lives. And I just want to say to you, as a a practitioner and a believer and someone who has gone through this, one of the most important qualities... Certainly, if you're looking to do something and be successful, quote-unquote successful, one of the most important qualities is perseverance, persistence, not being willing to quit. Never give up. I remember years ago, there was a study done of, uh, of 50 pastors. They were pastors of some of the fastest-growing church churches in America. This is less than 10 years ago all different kinds of churches, all different kinds of leadership, denomination, big, big personalities, quieter personalities. But after they did this study of these 50 pastors, one thing was extremely apparent. They all shared this tenacity about not quitting and never giving up. And if, if you can get a handle on that, if you could get that into your, into your mindset, I'm telling you, you, you can do great things. You can do great things. I've had to, I've had to do that with church. I've had to do that with different ministries we've been involved in. I got, I had to do it here with this radio show. I remember when I came on and came on with John Rowland. I'll never never forget and always thankful to John Rowland for opening the door to get me into broadcasting. Had no prior experience. Although I mean I was I was a pastor. I did communicate, so. And uh and it was frustrating at times. It was frustrating. And I was at a period of time where I, I just really just didn't want to do it anymore at all because I, I just felt things were never going to go my way. And uh, I'll never forget, I was having a lunch with Brad Davis and uh, sharing some of my thoughts with Brad. And Brad said to me, listen, you just keep saying yes. Every time they ask you to go on the air, whether it's a fill-in, sub, for a week, a month, two, a, a day, you just keep saying yes. And eventually, this is Brad Davis, eventually, You're going to have your own show. Well, that was, you know, I've been on with TIC over 12 years. Um, That conversation happened probably eight years ago, nine years ago. I don't know how long ago. It was quite a while ago. And uh, and Brad was right. And Brad was right. But it's not giving up. You just, if you want something, you commit to it, you keep doing it, you practice, you develop your craft, and... After a amount of time, good things will happen. Good things will happen, but it, it does. It takes it takes that that attitude. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not giving into it. I'm going to keep. If I want it, I'm going to go after it. I'm going to keep working at it. I'm going to keep pressing in. And uh, and this this I mean, 12 years. That's a long time. Almost 13 years in the minor leagues, not getting paid a lot of money, going to less than wonderful ballparks not having as good a travel as they do in the bigs and 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 33 years old he's not a kid anymore 33 years old and, and after a 1,000, 1100 games over 13 seasons in the minor leagues he he steps up and takes his first pitch in 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 professional major league baseball i mean that's it's it's an inspiring story but again it goes all goes back to you just can't quit if you want something badly enough you just keep doing it just keep doing the same thing and don't and you can't allow yourself to even think about quitting because sometimes when you do that that's when the the adversary the enemy knows what it'll take to get you to fold and so you just got to keep on keep on going keep on moving 8605229842 we can talk about that we can talk about the lowering the bail threshold unbelievable just such a bad idea Letting criminals, making it easier for criminals to get out of jail. I I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. Uh, Let's go to Avon and uh, Maureen. Maureen, welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
0: Well, God bless you, Pastor Will, and amen, amen, amen to you. Longtime listener. Listen, uh, you're trying to make sense of something. It's not sensible at all. It's evil, (sighs) and they're trying to destroy the country. So I think we have to look at it in the right way, Mm -hmm. which is it's not to help our country, Texas yeah. is in crisis right now. Yeah. I think all of us—you just were saying, "persevere, persevere." All of us who complain about the gas prices and the price of eggs and everything else, let's get on the phone and let's call Murphy and Bloom and Paul and say, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. Pastor Will. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, don't be For sorry. I mean, I, I think you're right. I agree. And look what they're trying to do. <laughs> Biden is trying to do, oh, smokescreen again. It's not Biden, it's somebody else. Let's send some people. What are they going to do? They're going to do nothing. They're not helping Texas. And you know what? Our Secretary of State right now is looking for like, I think, $300 million dollars for new voting yeah. machines. Yeah. Dominion. Can you yeah. believe that? Dominion. Well, of course. Paper ballots. <laughs> Let's check IDs. If anyone says, oh, we do have ID check, go online and see how stupid the IDs are. Yeah. And I think, I don't really know this, I do think that we look at three things. We look at safety. Yep. They have defunded the police. Yep. They're letting this bail stupid thing go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be a minor and commit and get out the next day. Mm-hmm. People are scared, you know, and they're thinking, oh, this is the way it is. No, it's not wake up, this is irrational behavior, why? They're just trying to ruin our judicial system, they're trying to kill our economy, they're trying to let us not talk, don't gather, COVID- oh, don't gather after your masses or your congregational church, mm-hmm. Why? Oh, let me think. Hate We can't talk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everything is labeled, Pastor. Yeah. But anyway, I think you're great. I'm a long-term listener. I haven't had my second cup of coffee <laughs> uh, <laughs> yet. You know, we have to look at, you know, the key things they do. Yeah. Smoke screens all over the place. Little fires, uh, and we hear things. Uh, um, Kim links it very well. But, the, yeah. you know, Sharik is outstanding. He's talking yeah. about the primary. It doesn't really matter yeah. if the voting is ill Well, and see, and this,
2: this is the one point, Maureen, I would make to your point about get on the phone and call Murphy Blumenthal. Here's the deal. I had a caller yesterday who I loved dearly, but we were on a different sides of an issue, and, and we weren't going to change each other's minds. So, so you know, he can talk to me all he wants about it. I don't agree with him. He, I can talk to him. I'm not, he's not. Here's the problem: Colin Blumenthal or Murphy for us is like you might as well be calling the North Pole and trying to get a hold of Santa Claus. I
0: they really aren't like going to. So you know here's what?
2: who we get to talk to, though. We shouldn't talk about. We should talk to our friends, our relatives, our associates, and our neighbors. Oh, we need to be common sense evangelists and change their mindset if I we can. Do,
0: if we can, I do believe that. I I know what you're saying because I call it the minor. Major family feud when I hung flags over my uh, balcony. But anyway, I do agree with (laughs) you. But the thing is, it's the votes that have been taken away from us. We know it. We have sanctuary cities all over the place, sanctuary towns all over Connecticut. So I want to know, who does the Secretary of State think is going to be doing all this voting, Sharique, in your primary in Hartford? Mm. Do you know, what's his name, the mayor? who uh, a couple of years ago, he gave IDs to illegal aliens yeah. so that they could use things at non-tax, you know, when tax, mm-hmm. the taxpayers wouldn't be charged right. anything. Right. So how are those IDs being used now?
2: no well, I don't know. I mean, I've always had mixed emotions about things like that because, number one, at least you get them on the grid. If you give an illegal yeah, an ID, okay. at least there's some way to track the person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time... You know, do people just go? Oh, there's an ID, not realizing it's not a it's not a driver's license. It's not a it's it's just a ident- identification card. What what are they using? And what are they getting access to? with well, see, that's, with that that's card. The thing. Yeah,
0: and I think the same rationale is used for. Um, I'm not sure um, the driver license too. Yeah. You know, uh, with the insurance, I'll get them on the grid. Yeah. Uh, I think, I really think conversation, even though each one walks away with oh, I don't agree, there's something in their head that's there now, and they'll yeah. think about it. Yeah, and I don't so, think, I think we have to, f- Pastor, you do an outstanding job. I really think we have to speak out yeah. in whatever way. You know, instead of grumbling, as I do mm-hmm. at the grocery store, yeah. call your um, representative in Hartford. And the more we do that, and can I say one final thing? Yeah, please. It's a tiny little thing. Um, about three or four years ago, I hate to say the word, Obama, put $3 million into a grant in Harford, the city of Harford. um, To apply for that, you had to be 18 to 24 years old. Mm. And it wasn't for learning a craft, learning how to write better resumes, learning how to be an apprentice for one of the, you know, the electrician or the plumber. It was community activism. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so, that, that's, I mean, that's, that we they know. believe in. that's in their Bible rules for radicals. That's what they believe. I know. And well, uh, I and, and We actually you. should be able to do that a little bit better. More we don't do. We don't do organization as good as liberals. Well, we but have, we do with the
0: tolls and we yeah. do with the masks. Yeah. And you know what? Anyone who stands uh, forward like Bob Stefanowski mm-hmm. and and the guy oh, George was it George out in Waterbury? Yeah. They should have won. I want I was Ugh. so turned off. I was so disheartened. No, yeah. no, no. I really question our voting.
2: Uh, I, I don't know, but I, I think I think here in Connecticut we're we're doomed in the sense no,
0: that— No, Pastor, I disagree. I think you say that yeah. because you really believe that. But see, these are things that we take to our heart. Oh, we can't because of the unions. We can't because of this. No, I the biggest, think the biggest factor really for me, the, than,
2: the biggest factor for me is demographics, and the demographic in Connecticut is changing rapidly. And, hmm. and whether you can whether you convince people you you try to reach teach them you try to you know i i don't know what it is what it's gonna take but well, the, you the, do. but the age <laughs>
0: you really do the
2: age demographic is changing rapidly and you and it's very difficult to fight that
0: i know but you're doing it in at the uh, in you know in front of your church members and you're joining your school and I do it, and everyone can do it by yeah, talking. Yeah. And you, I, no, you, 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 and I'm going to get off because I'm not going to not wave the white wait flag,
2: on. Marine. And I, and I, and I know you're oh, no, not you're you're either going to wave. But but understand, it's an uphill battle. We're we're in a tough battle. Well, you and know we're, what? We're battling what do for we the have soul to fight of the for? Yeah.
0: You mentioned Brad Davis, and what did yeah. he say? Perseverance. So yeah. if you really care about the country, if you mm-hmm. really want to hang out that flag, if you yeah. really want to believe in what you do, say that Biden is a fool. Absolutely. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's, not not let's, not let's not give up. Let's not quit.
2: Let's not give up. And I write thank, great thank letters,
0: you. so if you get in prison, I'll write to you every day <laughs> and even visit you. And you can do the same for me. <laughs> All right. God bless everyone who listens. Thanks, Amen. Appreciate
2: it. <laughs> let's go to uh, Massachusetts and John. John, welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
1: Uh, hey, Will. You know, up in the Boston area, we've had a real uh, spike in violent crime and shootings and stabbings and assaults. A lot of this is driven. By, uh, shifting allegiances in the, the uh, drug trade. Mm. The influx of fentanyl is what gets all the attention, yeah. but there's an influx in cocaine and meth and crack and ecstasy. These are all coming in. Mm. And the exposure that, uh, Sicarios, uh, cartel soldiers, mainly Sinaloa, that are coming in the last two years, establishing a foothold and pushing traditional gangs to go with the supply chain that they haven't before is creating a lot of mayhem. And I would tell you in New Haven, maybe you ought to get a New Haven cop on and ask him, what mm-hmm. does he see? Does mm-hmm. he see the graffiti that uh, precedes these uh, Sinaloa Sicario mm-hmm. members come in? Hey, this is a kind of insidious thing that has taken control in San Francisco, in L.A., mm-hmm. yeah. in Seattle. And is it going to happen in Connecticut? It's happening now. It's happening in Boston.
2: Sure. Why don't we ask somebody to call in? We, we could. I mean, I, but the problem we we can get the information, uh, John. The problem is who's going to do something about it? We've got in Connecticut. We're letting criminals out of jail easier. So this is the problem. It's these it's these politicians and legal people, whether district attorneys or whomever, and they're soft on criminals and they're soft on crime, and and that's not going to solve our problem. We need to identify. Right. It. You're right, but we've got to get some steps in place or people in place that will take a stronger, harder position and stance against this stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And identifying the problem is a first step, and yeah. then, like you say, taking action. And who's the ones that get screwed all the time? Will it's Us. brown and black minority communities that are the uh, take the tip of the spear from the gangbangers. Well, that's They're true. The I mean, look at, the, look look at all the murders in Finsbury, the inner No, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: no. You're, you're, John, you're you're right, and uh, I, thanks, Will. I join I join the frustration. Thank you for your call. All right, let's see one one more call, real quick. Let's go to uh, Beacon Falls and Mike. Mike, welcome to the show
3: retired police officer 35 years this Thank is you, pushed by the woke democratic party of yes. the major cities especially and i'll tell you right now the major cities are tearing us apart in connecticut mm-hmm. they also are dumbing down our schools and they're also huh. pushing the tax policies these major cities against the middle class mm-hmm. working taxpayers
2: absolutely no you're 100 percent right i mean how how much has the, you 35 years for you how much did change, things change in 35 years
3: well, when I started, I could chase criminals. My last two years, uh, I was a sergeant. and I had to tell the patrol officers, you can't chase them. You can't pursue them. You can't do this. You can't do that. And they said, why? Because I'm going to keep you out of jail because of the new laws that have been passed.
2: Gosh, gosh.
3: So I got my benefits. I left. <laughs> I feel sorry for the men and women on the job because yeah. every day someone is driving by them, wanted on a warrant, Yep. In a car that's stolen, and they're afraid to engage because of the consequences. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, this I, I don't, and I don't know what we do about that. Again, you got to have people who are going to have your back. You have people who who understand the law. and want to uphold the law and not, not not try to make it so weak that criminals get a chance to get out here. I mean, I, there's however, so many pastor,
3: the voters voted the same clan back into that's power right. again. I don't understand the residents. They all complain, but it. they voted the same people back in.
2: The demographic in Connecticut is changing rapidly, and it's a huge problem. Mike, thanks so for your call. Thanks for it. your service. I appreciate it very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, let's take a break. Uh, news, and then uh, Chris Powell, all things Connecticut, Chris Powell, Journal Inquirer, and uh, we'll talk about some more Connecticut issues when we return.
4: To the Will Marotti show on the Free Odyssey app. Download and like WTIC and follow Will Marotti today.
2: All right, welcome back. Uh, Ten forty WTIC News Talk. Ten eighty uh, Thursday, uh, Tuesday. Always a good day because we have Chris Powell on. Chris uh, writes for the Journal Inquirer. Also writes for other local. Connecticut Newspapers, of course. He was a former managing editor of the Journal Inquirer, and uh, he's calling us today again from an undisclosed location, very, uh, very clandestine. We'll uh, we'll see. Chris, welcome.
5: Hey, well, it's uh, it's it's not a great location because uh, you know Odyssey dot com is uh, is blocking me when I try to get into it on oh, the. Uh, and on, on the internet so uh well, you it's sound good, good, good. Your so voice. the
2: string the string between the cans must be tight enough because you sound good
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could say that yeah
2: hey um a couple of things i want to get into if you're written but i i just got to talk to you, just a basic philosophical concept concept here we had, we had on a state rep yesterday uh patrick Callahan. he was talking about the fact that there was a hearing going on yesterday and the purpose of the hearing was to see whether or not the, uh, we had the ability to change, basically change rules in Connecticut law to allow a lower threshold for criminals to get on bond. And he said the problem was that this really is should have gone before the General Assembly. This should have been a regular, you pass it like a bill, the whole process. And, um, you know, a small committee you know unanimously point uh, uh, you know move to to pass it through and um so there's two things about it. number one is why, why do we keep doing this why do we take bills and rather than go the full process giving it a proper amount of sunshine sunlight on there we we, we do these these little loophole backdoor things number one number two why why are we following the pattern by other states and cities about trying to make it easier on criminals and and really disregarding the rights of the victims why Why are we doing this and is it a good thing well
5: uh, the, the concern here is that there are a fair number of criminal defendants uh on relatively minor charges but you know they're not you know totally meaningless get arrested and can't make even small bonds and then, you know, get held up in prison waiting trial for, you know, a long time. If it was, you know, you or me, well, we'd be able to post bond and we'd be out while we were waiting trial. So, you know, there's a fair concern there, but first uh you know matters of criminal justice like this they they ought to be voted on frankly by the legislature and you know signed or vetoed by the governor so that the legislators people we elect take responsibility for it yeah. uh, secondly there there's a there is a big problem here but it's it's kind of to the side of the people unable to make bond and it's the it's the problem of repeat offenders. Uh, if you if you read the papers as I do every day in in Connecticut, almost every day there's some pretty awful crime uh, that has been charged to somebody who has to use the journalistic cliche a long criminal record. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and you know, I always ask myself when I see these, you know, why is this guy out? Well, he, he's he's out because you know most of criminal justice is very heavily discounted through plea bargaining. We mm-hmm. we you know don't have enough prosecutors relative to the to the crimes that uh, that we have, and so you know we make deals. We often make deals in court uh, through plea bargaining, where people re- who really should be put away uh, don't get any jail time at all. If they get probations or or accelerated rehabilitation or, or thing like things like that, that's that's to me the, the, the far more serious problem is the problem of repeat offenders. Uh, you know, I, I used to work with prisoners uh, at summers maybe forty years ago, and uh, I, I know some of them are some of them are, are redeemable, and some of them you know had bad breaks, and some of them uh, are capable of, of reforming themselves in prison. But there's also a large number of prisoners who are just uh, broken, sick people who are not going to be able to make it outside prison no matter what you do. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't feel, you know, some sympathy for them. But, you know, after, after somebody's had, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 arrests uh, and, and, and even some prison time, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, you know, the, the, the effort of the government into improving society ought to be uh, put into, into more, Plausible uh, efforts than uh, than repeatedly letting people off on on their criminal charges after a certain amount of time, you just got to accept. Look, this person is irremediable. It doesn't mean you want to taunt him or,
0: mm-hmm. or
5: or you know harm him in pr- in prison or anything like that. It's it's just. I, I, look, I worked with some of them. That you know they 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 had some talent, they had some virtue, but you just couldn't let them out because they just. They just always reverted to their criminal behavior, and this failure in Connecticut uh, to act on uh, repeat offenders to me is the is is the, is a far far bigger bigger issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we should we should have uh, what uh, you know I I, I think you know it's been called in other states a a three strikes law uh some sure. some 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 sort of a, a law that I think you could call an incorrigibility law at some point the, the law should take discretion away from you know prosecutors and courts and public defenders and, and just say at this point you are now incorrigible uh you've got a life term i'm sorry there's you know nothing we can do about it you're mm-hmm. in prison for life uh or at least in prison for you know a very long term, and you know until you're so elderly you can't do you know much harm anymore. But to me, that's the that's the real big criminal justice problem. The the bail thing is 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 small compared to that. But it, you're right; it does reflect, I think, a misplaced sympathy for for people.
2: Well, I, I also I'm also pr- bothered, Chris, by just kind of the arbitrary nature nature of the, the General Assembly. I mean, you've got and, and the governor's office, you've got the situation where, again, this, this is, was widely known that the, uh, the former chairman of the, the, the parole and, and, and uh, pardon group um, commission uh, just kind of arbitrarily and unilaterally made a made a, a decision with two other members of the board um, to commute sentences. And we had murderers. We had murder. One guy murdered three people, got 15 years cut off his sentence. I mean, the- yeah.
5: Well, you, you know, they've, that board has always been there, and it has always had that power. It's just that power has not been exercised as often as the, uh, you know, the, the more most recent administration of the the board of pardons and parole uh, decided to uh, administer it. Now, uh, I think that that new policy of, of letting so many more people get, uh, you know. Uh, pardons and paroles uh, i think that's a reflection of the uh you know the the woke philosophy that is mm-hmm. you know infecting the democratic party now uh and the governor uh you know is responsible for it but when it became widely publicized he he jumped on it and yeah. he tra- transferred the chairman of the board to a regular board member's seat and uh induce the board to say that, okay, it's not going to do these things again for a while. They're going to reconsider, you know, their, their, their practices there. But, uh, you know, just let's be fair about this. The pardons board has always had this power. They, they weren't doing anything they weren't authorized to do. It's just, mm-hmm. they were doing, uh, they were, they were implementing a lot more leniency than that board had, you know, ever implemented before.
2: And, and I understand
5: that. Of course, that. They, they did it without any any consultation with the legislature, and they did it without any consultation with the governor. And I suspect the legislature, legislative leaders and the governor, didn't want to be consulted no, about it they wanted no. you know all this to, to be happening secretly so that you know the woke people would be happy and the public would never know about it
2: and and the governor has plausible deniability i didn't know but i mean I, I pulled up a report a couple weeks ago and i read it and these are these are every state of of how how these things happen who who decides what's the structure what's the organization for paroles and commutations the vast majority the first box was who had control over this right the vast majority of states He started with these two words. Governor decides. Governor decides. Well, Connecticut's one of the few states where the governor is completely out of the process. Everybody else has to sign off on it. Everybody else has to have their signature on it before it goes in and the, and the sentence is commuted. But here again, Connecticut, governor, we, we stand back with our, with our, oh, I didn't know. I didn't see it. Yeah, well he he's he's not completely he's not completely separated
5: from it. He appoints the board members. He doesn't he doesn't have to approve the uh right, the parties, right. but he appoints the the board members and I'm sure that if he wanted to get involved he could call up the board members he appointed and uh cheer them out for doing doing things, as I think he probably did. Kevin Rennie and the Hartford Current had a great column uh the other day saying that the reform we need here one of the reforms we need here uh is to require the governor to sign off on any pardons and paroles
2: yes and then
5: that would that would restore some political responsibility 100
2: yes. percent. couldn't agree more oh gosh okay let's see um i um i had a laugh um well, I'll let's talk about this first and we'll take the laugh if we have time. So you've got a piece that's out and, and, uh, you know, every, everybody wants, everybody wants progress as long as there's no change. But in this case, we're talking about infrastructure. We're talking about uh, making railways faster and, you know, it, well, it, yeah, okay, but you're getting people are going to get displaced to do this, right? I mean, th- you you can't have in this case you can't have process pro, progress with no change. People are gonna actually lose property over this change of trying to make the rail system better and straighten out railroad tracks. What, what's what's that? What's that all about, Chris?
5: Well, uh, Senator Chris Murphy uh, made some uh, remarks to the Eastern Connecticut Chamber of Commerce uh, the other day. Uh, he was talking about the federal infrastructure legislation that has uh, uh appropriated billions of dollars for uh, railroad uh, work uh Murphy candidly acknowledged that uh, you know if this uh, railroad work is done uh, in eastern connecticut in order to uh, uh hasten rail travel between uh, new york and boston it's 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 going to cause uh, some problems and uh, uh trouble for uh, for eastern connecticut uh, previous uh uh, real proposals uh, have sent some of the towns in eastern Connecticut uh, uh you know into the stratosphere with rage as to the, the the danger of their you know their downtowns being uh being disrupted. Um I <laughs> I have to wonder if the people who passed this intra, you know this infrastructure bill uh, really gave much uh much thought to it. I mean we all we all like the idea of, you know, high-speed rail, but that requires straightening tracks, and straightening tracks re- requires taking properties and, uh, uh, you know, running running things through, you know, beautiful bucolic towns that uh, haven't been bothered by the railroad lately. I, I wonder uh, about it for a different reason, and, mm-hmm. and and that is, I as much as I love uh, railroads and, you know, try to take them whenever I can, I I do wonder if uh, we have such a need for them, as suggested by the uh, the infrastructure uh, legislation, uh, you know every everybody's uh, cutting back on uh, business meetings and and commuting. Uh, mm-hmm. Does it really matter uh, that we uh, should you know get the commuting time from New Haven to New York down by by a half no. hour i mean the uh, uh, the passenger uh, traffic is is mm-hmm. uh, you know much less than it was you know we 're doing all these meetings by uh, by by zoom uh just uh what do we need this uh uh improved rail system for uh you know the look we got we got a nice you know rail system now between springfield and new haven that uh, uh the state of connecticut uh, set up a few years ago but the subsidy per passenger there is uh is enormous it's it's really not sustainable i mean i i i wish uh everybody would turn to the rail rail system and, and not drive uh you know as much but uh uh, you know, that, that's not happening, and it's probably not going to happen.
2: Well, and I don't think it's going to happen here in Connecticut. I'll tell you, I was, I was waiting yesterday to get my emissions test on my car, and uh, there were several of us waiting in the, in the, in the waiting room, and, and, and one, one was a woman, and, and we we talked about cars and stuff, and she said, well, she was you know, maybe everybody should just, you know, take public transportation. I said, well, you know, you think about it, that, that's not really – a big deal here in Connecticut because you can drive anywhere you want in Connecticut. You can go corner to corner state from one end to the other in less than two hours. Uh, and people like their cars. That's why you don't have, you got empty buses driving around Hartford and New Britain. No riders on them ever. We're, we're losing 40, 50 million dollars a year in a bus system here, the, the, the magic bus. Uh, Connecticut's just not a mass transit state. I mean, it, we, people like their cars and it's not, it's not hard to drive anywhere. I mean, it, different in big well, cities and, you know, New York, LA, a totally different environment, but I don't, I don't think that's going to really have work here in Connecticut.
5: Well, the mass transit uh, can't be efficient in, unless you have the population mass, and people people <laughs> don't move out of the, you know New York into Connecticut because yeah. they want to live in a, a, a crowded area that uh, right. is efficiently served by uh, by mass transit. Uh, so, you know, mass transit is certainly politically correct, yeah. uh, but it's not efficient. It it no, it, no it doesn't uh, it doesn't work well in a in an area where you don't have the the, the denser population. And we really, we really don't have it except perhaps, you know, from, you know, New Haven down to, uh, to, to New York. Uh, mm-hmm. but even that system is, you know, heavily subsidized by, by, by the government. The, the riders are not paying the full freight there.
2: No, not, not at all. All right. How about this now? Let's talk about, uh, a favorite of yours and mine, Roasted <laughs> Rosa Delora. Um, she started with this thing. She wanted to have female crash dummies, so there'd be some. I don't know equity. <laughs> but
5: uh, well, she, she, there was a point to her to her approval of uh, the transportation department's uh, research into you know so called female crash dummies. It's because uh, the the government has data showing that women tend to be more seriously injured in car crashes than than men and the mm-hmm. government has concluded that it's not just because women tend to drive smaller cars than men it's 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 also because they are physically more vulnerable mm-hmm. in accidents than men are they they're generally less muscular their stature is smaller uh, you know, they may be less protected uh, by seatbelts because they're smaller. I, I I don't know, but the the, the government has, has found that women are more at risk in car crashes than men because they're physically different from sure. men. So, all right, Doloro Del- brings that up and says, look, we've got to do more research, and we're going to do it with the female crash test dummies. And, uh, okay, you know, she wasn't proposing uh, uh, gay crash dummies or non-binary crash dummies <laughs> she was she was talking yeah. about the physical differences between yeah. men and women well that's yeah. you know that's fine and then you know <laughs> the next day she votes with all the Democrats in the house against the Republican proposal to uh, uh, to keep men transgender yeah. men uh, yeah. out of out uh, out of, uh, out of uh, women's sports well so you know on Monday Dolores was telling us that you know men and women are are different. physically different to the <laughs> to the to the to the point that uh, you know injuries are very much an issue, wow. and on Tuesday she's telling us there's you know there's no difference between men and women when it comes to uh, sports participation. Uh, well, you know it's uh, it's 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 a contradiction. And, it's a huge and I, contradiction. I, I think oh I, I think it's hypocrisy.
2: I mean, you know, you could you could say you can make the case that the, the physical. I mean, same would be true of children. I'm sure children are worse injured in car accidents than men. Same same reason. smaller, less less developed, not not as muscular, not as strong, not as heavy. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons. But this is this is the thing where they they want to have it both ways all the time, when it suits well, their they, purpose. They, they, they want to have a difference.
5: The Dora wants to be politically correct i mean with yeah. the with the crash test dummies, you know she wants to stand up or be seen standing up for you know for for women and you yeah. know with the uh, with the transgender people in women's sports, she wants to be seen as politically correct there. And nobody pointed out to her, I think, on her staff, that, wait a minute, you're taking contradictory positions yes. here. If, if, are men and women physically different to the point where, you know, injuries are a serious concern, or are they not? Well, the Laura says, yes, they are when it comes to uh, auto crashes, and no, they're not when it comes to uh, competitive sports.
2: Well, it just it seems like they, they they don't feel like the American people are that smart to be, be able to make those differentiations so they just figure they can get away with it Chris we're out of time thank you so much for calling in from the undisclosed location hopefully we'll <laughs> we'll have you back above the surface here soon and uh I, I hope so too will <laughs> thanks a lot and, and uh Lord we'll talk to you next week thank you okay thanks Will. Bye-bye chris powell journal and hey we're out of time that's it we are done uh thank you thank you for your calls thank you for uh your support thank you for your amen i didn't get to amens today i'll try to get to them tomorrow I'm sorry uh a lot to talk about tomorrow we didn't get to today thank you matt great job god bless you guys enjoy the day i love you see you tomorrow morning nine o'clock